Our scripture reading this morning comes from the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that was to be yours made careful search and inquiry, inquiring about the person or time that the Spirit of Christ within them indicated when it testified in advance to the sufferings destined for Christ and the subsequent glory. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in regard to the things that have now been announced to you through those who brought you good news by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We continue our study from the epistle of Peter, 1 Peter. And today we are dealing with the first chapter, chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. It is my hope that all of us who are members of the church have read through 1 Peter at least one time so that we can understand the journey of Peter writing a letter to people who are Christians who were scattered all over and suffering because of their faith. The story is told about a local businessman who was a fourth grade Sunday school teacher. He was really trying to impress his Sunday school class, especially because his son was a member of the class. So he asked the class this question. Why do you suppose that people call me a Christian? Why do you suppose that people call me a Christian? Well, there was dead silence. Nobody spoke up. He asked the question again. Now, kids, why do you suppose that people call me a Christian? Still, no response. Finally, the man said, Now come on, 
Think about it. Surely, somebody can give me a reason why people call me a Christian. His son broke the silence and said, Dad, maybe it's because they don't know you. We, every one of us, within this building at this time, know that somebody somewhere refers to us as a Christian. So maybe the question goes to you. Why do you think people call you Christian? Do you know that the term Christian is used more today than any other term describing a believer of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, everywhere in the world is described as a Christian? People talk about the Christian church. People talk about the Christian faith. Do you know that Christians did not think up this name for themselves? I mean, it was not a Christian who came up and said, we are Christians. It happened in the city of Antioch, as recorded in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, verse 26. That was the very first time the word Christian was altered, describing those people who were followers of Jesus Christ. Acts of the Apostles 11.26, this is what the scripture says. And when he had found him and brought him to Antioch, so it was, so it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. If you know your scripture, you know that Antioch was not a Christian town. It was in this pagan, unbelieving city where people began to take notice of people who were different. See, as I said to the kids this morning, when you go to, this, to school, let people know you know God. In Antioch, people believe in this group of people who were behaving in a different way. They were different. They talk differently and live differently from everyone else. Exhibited characters and compassion hardly seen in town. Christians, everywhere they are, are a different set of people because we believe differently. Our focus is different. Our faith is rested on somebody whose examples we want to follow. And it was in Antioch, because of all these people who were behaving differently from the, from the, the community itself, 
And they began to call them Christians. In fact, the word Christian literally means little Christ. Little Christ. Everywhere they see them, these were the little Christ. These were the followers of the man who died on the cross, the man who rose again from the grave. These are the followers of the man who saw the people who were hungry and he fed them, the people who were sick and he healed them. These are the followers of that man, the little Christ. And so in First Peter, the apostle is reminding us about the process through which we are associated with Jesus as little Christ. For that is who we are. In other words, my friends, we are Christians because of Jesus, whose work of redemption resulted in our salvation. Without Jesus, there will be no Christian. And without Jesus dying on the cross for us to redeem us from our sinful nature, there will be no Christian. And so in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, our attention is drawn to our privileged position. I mean, have you ever considered yourself a privileged individual? That's who we are as Christians. Privileged people. Listen to what Peter says. Because in the first instance, we have a call of history. We cannot know who we are if we don't go back to the historical facts of how we got to where we are. And so Peter, in this epistle, was giving to the rest of the population scattered all over five provinces as he sent out this epistle to them. This is what he says in verse 10 and 11. He says, concerning this salvation, because last Sunday we spoke about our salvation. And so Peter says in continuing the epistle, concerning this salvation, the prophets in spoke of the grace that was to come to you. Search intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Peter says, let's, let's take a walk through history. Because this Jesus that you believe in did not appear by accident. Because the crucifixion at Calvary did not happen by accident. Because his resurrection on that first Lord's day did not happen by accident. His ascension did not happen by accident. Peter says to them, concerning the salvation we spoke about last Sunday, the prophet who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, search intently and with greatest care, 
they were looking for this Messiah who is to come. I mean, we feel, we feel we found Jesus. No, my friends. Look, from the beginning of the scripture, if you go back to Genesis, the third chapter, the prediction of Jesus coming into the world, saving us, has been recorded. And the prophet, we are looking for this person that the scripture is talking about. That's what Peter is, is giving them. They greatly desire the coming of the Savior. They greatly desire to see him. They longed after the salvation to be accomplished by him and expressed their wishes for him. They pointed out Christ as a redeemer of his people and the salvation as spiritual and eternal. They were looking for Jesus Christ. My friends, God has many ways of speaking to his people. To Saul of Tarsus, he spoke through a bright and shining light. Saul was going to destroy Jesus Christ and the followers of Jesus Christ. God appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him. To Job, out of a wild wind, God spoke to him. To Moses, from a burning bush, God spoke to him. To Elijah, he spoke in a still, small voice. And to Jacob, he spoke in a dream. To you and to me, my friends, he speaks in various ways. The God of yesterday is still the God of today, as the scripture says in Hebrews, and will be the God of tomorrow. And that same God who spoke to all the prophets of the past is still speaking to you and to me. Our Bible speaks of, of the Hebrews, the Hebrew people, God who at various times and in many ways spoke in time past to our fathers by the prophet, as in these last days spoken to us by his son. We are the privileged people. They had many parts of God's plan revealed to them, the prophets, which they recorded in the scriptures, but they were not privy to the arrival of the Messiah. We may conclude that we are saved by faith by looking back at the coming of Christ. They were saved by faith by looking to the future coming of Christ. They were anticipating this Christ, this Messiah who is to come. But the scripture says it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. Everything about the biblical history tells us that these prophets wanted this Messiah. But guess who got the Messiah? We. They predicted, they anticipated, their expectations were high, but they didn't see the Messiah. So it is, in the first instance, it is a call of history. But secondly, you have the challenge to be holy. This is what Peter is saying to the, to the Christians who were scattered, the little Christ scattered all over the place. 
suffering because of their faith. In verses 13 following, this is what the scripture wants us to understand. When parents are trying to teach their very young children basic social skills, one of the first big lessons is use your words. Instead of grabbing, instead of hitting, instead of screaming, instead of crying, we teach our children to communicate their needs and their desires through the use of words. We like them to say something. We like them to talk. Because the power of our voices, the power of our words, is the first power we want our children to tap into. Because verbal communication is uniquely human and is a uniquely empowering gift. We all want these little children to talk. You saw me with these little ones this morning who refused to talk. We all want our little ones to talk, my friends. Despite all the image-based advances in technology, voice power is still the ultimate power. Every new, successful, emerging technology know that voice power means market power. And therefore, your phone talks to you. And therefore, your GPS talks to you. And therefore, your computer even talks to you. I remember in the early days when we all started using AOL. And we would get the voice power. You've got mail. You remember that. Because the marketing people understood the power of the voice. In our passage from 1 Peter, we are drawn to the voice power of Peter and the voice power of God. So in verse 14, this is what Peter writes. He says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had, you had when you lived in ignorance. In verse 15 he says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. This was God talking to the children of Israel. Part of the Pentateuch in Leviticus, God was saying to the children of Israel, they need to be holy. And that applies to me and to you. In other words, we need to be different from the people around us. We need to do things that are connected with God. We need, my friends, to be holy. That is the power of God's voice to you and to me this morning. God says to you in no uncertain terms, be holy. Not just act holy, because we do that. But God said, put it into action. 
Forget about all the things that the world is doing. Put it into action. I hope and pray that the lone people involved in, in, in El Paso, Texas, and in Dayton, Ohio, I hope those two had been little Christ. Because if they were little Christ, people who listen to the power of God's voice that says, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy, they will know that each life is sacred. They will know that each individual belongs to a family and a community. And this morning, God says to those of us who are here within the sanctuary, remember the power of God's voice. And finally, we have the commitment for heaven in this passage. The story is told of a, of a grandfather strolling along with his grandson. And as they were going along, grandpa stopped. They got to a point where flowers were planted. So grandpa stopped to look and admire the flowers. And then grandpa started pulling the flowers apart until he got to the back and he saw a nest of birds. And the grandson asked, how did you know they were there? And grandpa, with his wise hearing and mind and everything, heard the sound. And all the sound was saying is, follow me. Follow me. My friends, how did grandpa hear the birds with so much noise? so much happening. How could you hear? Without saying a word, the old man took several coins from his pocket and tossed them on the ground. With the tinkling of the coins on the sidewalk, it seemed everything came to a stop. People turned around. Diners stopped to eat. They were looking their way. Several almost seemed to want to reach down and pick up the drop coins. Then as quickly as it had happened, everything went back to the way it was. And that's when the old man spoke. It's all in what you are listening for, my grandson. It's all in what you are listening for. All this still raises the question, 
How do people know you're a Christian? Think about it this way, my friends. An American is someone who belongs to An American is someone who belongs to America. A Christian is someone who belongs to to Christ. But there is a major difference. You become an American by being born in America or by naturalization. You become a human being by being born into this world. But you can only become a Christian by being born again which is what Jesus meant when he said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. And that rebirth, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, makes us eligible to be called Christians. And we become a different set of people. A different set of people. And we cannot be more Christian than the mission statement of Church of the Cross says. I'm going to assume that you all know what the mission statement of Church of the Cross is. And if you don't, don't ask the pastor. But you can go home and read it again. Because this is a place where you are free to ask questions, a place where you are free to love one another, a place where Christ reigns, and a place where we can stand up and say, I am a little Christ because I believe in the big Christ and accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Are you a Christian this morning? And if you are, my friends, Christians are not meant to be Christians within the walls of the church building. Christians are meant to be Christians where there is darkness. Because within this building this morning, there is so much light. Because Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So much light. You are Christians. You are little Christ. Go out and let the world know you are a Christian. And they will know you are a Christian by, by your love. Go out and love somebody in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. To this the people of God say,